Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. You've got your idea. You've got your friends, actors to be in your idea. You now need to shoot that idea. We're going to talk about preparing for that today. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Roxy? <laughs> I didn't know it was a fist bump. I didn't know it you was a You didn't know it was a fist bump. What happens when somebody puts your fist in your face and isn't trying to punch you? I don't know. I, but knowing you, you might have been trying I'm from to punch Boston. Me. You are from Boston. They're a little spicy over there. Yeah, we're spicy. But bright blue jacket. Why? Because we're talking about producing today, and I feel producers are snazzy. So I wear the fancy jacket. I thought you were going to say it's because we have two very special guests in studio and you're trying to impress them. They are not ever going to be impressed with me. I don't know if that's true. Well, they're good friends, so <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> we have two very special guests, two independ- uh, big names in the independent cult film world. Uh, Jason Trost, a uh, friend I've known for, we just figured out, 11 years, and his producing partner, Talay Wickham, and they also happen to be uh, betrothed. Whoa. Yes. Just happened to be. Just happened to be. That'll be another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. They share a uh, world. They Sean. share. We <laughs> actually share with me, my girlfriend, we both had to deal with long distance for several years. My, ours was two. How long was yours? Two. Two. Two, two as well? But Australia. Yeah, yeah. That was Australia. Ours was Mine like 7,000 miles. Yours was like five states. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You thought you were actually, you know, going to have something to compete with there. Yeah. Australia trumps. It was really, it was really hard because they'd only see each other like every weekend. Oh, you know what? You guys would see each other for like six weeks at a time. And then not see each other for six weeks at a time. Wow, I feel bad for all of you guys who are (laughs) in love with uh, beautiful people and in fantastic relationships. (laughs) Yes, that is so hard for all of you. Yes, for sure. what a great way to introduce Miss Phenomenal Roxy (laughs) Stryer. (laughs) Miss Phenomenally Single Roxy Stryer. Yes, thank you very much. Always in the booth, Mr. Fantabulous Jeff Graham. Very excited for the show and very honored to have these two guests in today. It's going to be a great show. Thanks for having us. Uh, and my two friends that I just uh, introduced. So today what we're going to do is we're going to break. We're going to go over my week as usual. Then we're going to break down what you do when you're getting your content and where to shoot it, why you're choosing people, places, the equipment and people that you will need, and then any kind of wrap-up tips that these two can give us today. And we're going to talk about on the stories from the set, FP 1 and 2, where I met Jason. Actually, I met him on another film, but that's the first time we actually worked creatively together. It's a very big cult film. Uh, If you haven't seen them, you have to check them out, but uh, that's my stories on the set, so stay tuned. But before we do that, we always go into... 
Sean's week. Are you ready? I don't mm. know if they're ready. I don't know. They're going to just have to live it. Lay it Here on we me. Go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Sean's week. Nice. What do you guys that think? That wasn't bad. I love it. That was, you there know. wasn't applause or anything? That, no, 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 no. Cool. No. That good? They, you know, when you see, you're in entertainment, you see a lot of entertainment all the time. You get numb to it. That's the what I say. Oh, we were so good they were numb. You we were so good they were numb. Mm, I hear that exactly a lot about myself. <laughs> yeah. That is really yeah. what was happening. So good. So basically I told you guys I was doing my sketch show, three different sketch shows. Uh, and I told you I loved the progression of first week. It was a Sunday afternoon, second week, a Sunday evening, and the last one Saturday night. Really fun, fun crowd. And, you know, you learn the glitches along the way. And what was great is those first two shows really taught them what to do, what not to do. And I would say that all of the issues that came up in the first two shows were corrected on this last show. Everyone was really strong. Everyone was having a great time. And more importantly, we got some repeat people who had heard about us from before and said, oh, we wanted to come back and bring our friends and stuff like that. I got two new students out of it who said, I have never seen anything like this at Playhouse West. When do you guys start again? So I've got a few more sign-ups. Sean, that's huge. Yeah, I got three new students from people who came and saw the show twice because they were such fans. They were so blown away that it was so consistent. So stay tuned because we are now entering the next phase, which is kind of like a stand-up special. We've done this a few times, and many of my students said, I'm done. I will never do this sketch again. So we're filming them. So like a stand-up special, you know how they do their material for work it out for a year, put on their stand-up special, scrap it, start from scratch, and start all over again. So, so they are going to do the material one more time. One more time on film. So that was really cool. And then yesterday I got to meet with uh, Daria Baronado, Sonia Deville, yeah. and we worked on her story at the w, you know her WWE storyline. She's got a lot on her plate. Really cool, exciting stuff. Well, she premiered in Total Divas this Total week, Divas. which is huge. Yes, and uh, she is... Got a couple other really cool irons on the fire that needed some creative help. So that's kind of what I did yesterday. We didn't do acting stuff yesterday, but we did. She just needed a creative voice to help her bounce things off of. And we had a really, really good one. But the funniest thing, a friend of mine was saying, he has a really fun script. And he said, hey, do you know anyone who, you know, kind of like China, like a wrestler woman? And And this was three hours before I was meeting her. And I said, okay, I'm putting you guys in touch. He sent me a script. They're going to talk and, you know. We'll Come never... on. Yeah. No, isn't that the craziest thing? I was interviewing uh, for the Blu-ray DVD of Ugly Sweater Party, another cool, fun cult movie I did. Check that one out as well. And uh, he mentioned it. He's a great guy. He's the one who actually shooting with them inspired me to say, I got to do Crust. Because they were doing this cool movie on their own. And it just made me excited and got me home to write it. So good people, hooking up good people is always fun. That's awesome. I love that. That was my week. I had an audition today, which went really well. I had some looping. But besides that, uh, the other news is uh, Crust is moving along. And we have uh, more photos of the development of our monsters. I have not seen photos. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to show you. I'm really excited. Very cool. Wow. They, they literally just came in right before I walked, right before you walked in the door. So I'll have to show you. Uh, so let's jump in. But before we do, we kind of want to figure out about what the audience can do to help us 
here at After Buzz. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, uh, you guys are always amazing in asking us what can we do to give back because there are 150 hours of content that we bring you for free every single week. So it's pretty simple. What we're looking for, rate, comment, subscribe. What does that look like? Rate. So wherever you are, if you're on Apple Podcast or if you're on YouTube, uh, we want you to give us that five star or that thumbs up. Pretty easy. Takes about two seconds. And it really helps us with the algorithms. Uh, again, Sean and I not the math people in the room, no. but that's what the YouTube's people tell us, so they say. <laughs> so uh, we'd really appreciate that. Commenting, it lets us know what you guys want us to talk about. We pick our shows based off what it is that you guys are asking, uh, that you want to know from Sean, from his personal career, or advice on your own. So definitely make sure that you're leaving a comment and subscribe so you know when our show is. Also, always trying to build this community in the audience, and it helps us to get more viewers as well, so we'd really appreciate that. As always, every single week, I look through the comments and I pull one from any time that we've been doing the show which has been a year I now know, Sean yeah, a year, a year yeah. and I know that Jeff I think I sent you a comment that you can read from one of our amazing followers you sure did uh, Longtime listener Sheila we're so excited to have you back uh, I love what she said she said this is such a relief Hearing all of this makes me feel like I'm not getting started too late. I'm currently living exactly in my two-year period. I'm preparing right now while I'm in college and praying to make my way to L.A. So really cool. It just shows, Sean, we're so proud to be associated with the show and the show that we're producing together because it really provides a lot of opportunities and yeah. uh, good advice for up for actors at any stage in their career. Yeah, and I've gotten several students uh, recently, like four or five students just from this podcast. Which so, is amazing. Yeah, which so is really, So thank you guys really, so much. Really Keep up yeah. the great work. And if you write a comment, then there is a really good chance that I will read it on this show. If it's on Apple Podcast or YouTube, I'll find it and uh, I'll give you a shout out. Yes. And uh, speaking of a shout out, Jason and I, uh, that's the worst transition. You, you talked to me really about good. transitions. It's the worst transition uh, so um, far. Yeah. The- no. <laughs> You have so, so many yeah. strengths and, and strong suits, Sean. I hear a butt uh, coming. I hear a butt coming. Including this jacket. You know, it's a strong <laughs> suit jacket. But. You know, everybody everybody needs constructive <laughs> feedback about the transitions. Maybe the transitions. But You've gone so red. I know. I am embarrassed. All right. I think you're nail. I mean, this is the hammer. Yeah. We're Nailing never it. coming back. Nailing yeah. it. Oh, All right. Not you guys. So. Twelve years ago, Jason and I met on a set of an independent horror movie. Uh, me and his family became friends, and but that uh, more than just this meeting because I know we talk about that a lot. And then um, he met Talay several years later, and we've all become very good friends. But more than that, I just want to trace because this is what we're talking about here today, and how this has kind of changed Jason's life. Walk us through the history of FP from the idea to doing the short and to where it is now. Oh, good God. I mean, that's like 20 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's try to do the paraphrased version of yeah. this. Um, I just out of high school, I started making these shorts called the FP. Okay. Just on a like crappy DV handy cam that my dad and Just had. for everybody to know, the FP is short for Fraser Park. Correct, which is Jason, where I grew up. Where he grew up. Which is an, an hour, hour north, north of, of LA. Yeah. yeah. Sean's been there several times. Oh, yeah. Hmm. For better or worse. <laughs> and so, yeah, I made these for nothing, just with some friends in high school. And it was a, such a stupid idea of just like, oh, Dance Dance Revolution mixed with hip hop. Like, I just based it on all the idiots in my town and what they spoke like. <laughs> and I was like, this is funny to me. And I was also like, the OC sucks. I'm going to do the FP. Right. That? right. That's my, that's my that's gag. Funny. Right. And that's where it all kind of kicked off. And then I'd make those all the time. And I'd show people like 
you know, my shorts all the time. Like in high school, everyone's like, ah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And whatever reason, that was the one people were like, holy crap, you need to you need to develop that one. I'm like, the dance dance one? That's the one you guys like? Okay. And then I just ran with it, and then I, like, wrote a feature, and someone's like, you wrote a feature of that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm 18. What else am I going to do? Right, right, living right. Living on the mountains. Yeah. And then, that was uh, the dream the whole your whole life? Were you like, I'm going to make movies? Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I'm also, it's like, uh, I was born into it, basically, because my dad worked in the film yeah. business, like, my grandparents worked in the film business, my great-grandparents, right. it's like, it's like when a cop, you know, it's my dad was a cop, my dad's dad right, was a cop. Right, right, right. I kind of just had to. I was just, I grew up on sets, and yeah, that's just how it was. And I realized for a long time, it's like, I always wanted to be an actor, but then I realized where it's like, well, I have to wear an eye patch because I'm blind in one eye, and I'm different, and, like, I'm probably never going to be cast in anything traditionally, so I'm going to have to learn how to make movies to put myself in them. Right. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Right. So then that was kind of my whole thing with the FP. I was like, well, I could star in this. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's ever a movie where a guy with an eye patch would star in, it's a post-apocalypse Dance Dance Revolution film. So I guess this is my <laughs> way in. And so you made a short first. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. Basically, after that feedback, which you should develop this more, I was like, okay, well, let's do this professionally. And I was like, maybe I should go to film school. Maybe I should not. My ex-stepmom really didn't want me going to film school, this and that other thing. So I kind of, like, coerced her into, like, and my dad to pay me, like, a couple grand to go to some, like, film workshop. And the first day of that, I'm like, this is crap. I don't need this. Like, I, right. I, I know all this already. You know all this already. So then I was like, how long is the refund period on that $3,000? <laughs> and it was, like, uh, two weeks. And I was like, I've only been here for a day. I went right home, got that refund. Right. And then made the short for the FP off of that refund with the wow. money for that workshop, which did infinitely more for me than that workshop ever would have done. Sure. So, yeah. And that, then how does that help you fund the feature? Well, then you have, like, the first 10 minutes, and as you know with the FP, yeah. it's such a weird thing. It's like this. It's a great it's opening. This, such a great opening. Yeah, but it has, like, this, its own language and own mm-hmm. dialect, and it's its own world. So it, like, yeah. you can try to explain that to someone on paper all day and night. They're never going to understand it. Right. So it's like, well, let's just uh, shoot the first 10 minutes and see what happens. It wasn't like a short to where it was like, this is the idea. I was like, let's just shoot the first 10 minutes, and if they like that, here's the rest of the movie and the script. Okay. Wait, so to be clear, you shot a no-budget short. Then yeah. you used $3,000 to shoot the same short, but with a budget no, or a little bit of an altered the, short. The ones in high school were just crazy ideas, and they were just like little OC episodes, like little 20-minute episodes of a non-existent TV show. And you shot that with what? Like Nothing. Nothing. Yes. No, we shot that with a little mini DV camera okay. like you'd buy for like 200 bucks at Walmart. And then the $3,000 was for a, a legitimate short yes, that you yeah. shot. a legitimate short. And then after that, you shot 10 minutes of a feature? No, that was the, that, that short was, was the, the that, 10 oh, minutes that, of the feature. Oh, that short was that. But that, that's a good point, because yeah. if you're going to shoot something, make sure it's usable. Because yeah. there's no point in shooting something that you cannot then use in your greater idea. Right. So right. that you could actually insert into a feature and not have to reshoot that for well, the feature? Well, mm-hmm. we actually we did reshoot it, because then you like start casting your movie, and you're like, well, we're going to cast somebody else now, because so-and-so isn't available or whatever. Right. And then, so you I'm have to reshoot. ahead yeah, to the future. Yeah, you have to reshoot anyway. But I'm saying, like, with shorts, I would always suggest that make it something usable like that. When someone's like, I'm just going to give a vibe piece. And it's like, okay, but I haven't seen that work. I'm sure maybe it has worked for other people, but generally What do you it's mean like, a vibe piece? Well, it's like, they'll be like, this is kind of the vibe of the movie. And they'll shoot something. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But a lot of like people- Like a sizzle reel yeah, kind like a of sizzle thing? reel. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to see what five or 10 minutes of that movie looks like in your mind. And when so you have you're that, saying shoot, you'd much rather see a- Played out scene. I'd, I'd much rather see a played out scene or something okay. that's actually applicable. And you should also have a feature script if you're trying to Ready develop to, this right. into a script. Because the amount of times I've seen people where they have one of these vibe piece, you know, mm-hmm. shorts and like, what's the feature? Oh, well, it's kind of like this and that. Wait, you haven't written it yet? 
then, right, then that right, interest right. you had for that split second is gone because when right. you have this moment if you don't have everything to take advantage of it it's gone right. so you think that it should be able to stand on its own but also be applicable for the greater project which you have more to back up correct mm-hmm. okay okay and so how where did you get the funding for the feature then Oh, for my dad and some other guy. Okay. Because you showed them the short? Because yeah. you showed them the short. Yeah. It made sense, right? Exactly. And then my dad's like, oh, I get it now. This is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and great. There it is. And that's usually the way it starts, guys. So, yeah. you know, in this business, they say do not invest your own money into your thing. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about taking your house and doing a second mortgage no, or anything do like that. that. No, never do that. We're talking about, <laughs> you know, a few grand here that's not going to break the bank that you had sitting around that – and maybe in your savings or something like that, that's not nuts. That's not going to break you, and you could literally get a part-time job and get it back in a year. What so. do you do, though, for anybody who is thinking about asking their family or family friends or whoever it is that's close to them, did you put together a budget, a business proposal, uh, this short, or did you just say, like, hey, can you? what do you think is the smartest thing for people I, to do? I worked the other way. I was like, this is how much my dad's willing to give me. That's the budget. Let's make one based upon what we have, not what we hope we're going to raise. Okay. And that, I'm always a big fan of that because, like, you can always have this number in your head what you want to hope that you can raise, but who knows what you're going to get. Right. Get some money first and then start figuring out, like, okay, well, I have, like, 20 grand. What do we do with that? How do we make this movie with that? And then that educates, right. like, how you're going to make the movie from the ground up. It's like, I shouldn't hire expensive actors because we can't afford them. Right. I shouldn't, like, write a movie about a spaceship I don't have because we don't have the spaceship. Right. You know, it's to be like, well, I have access to this property that's, you know, one of my family members has and I know I can shoot there for free. I should make the movie about something that's there because that's the X amount of money I can raise. Right. I feel like people don't view it as an art. And, like, that is what we're talking about. Like, it is more of an artistic endeavor when you're starting at this point. The chances of you making money at this point are quite slim. So it's also probably not a good idea to try to rope people in based on points or money they will get back. It's and more, what are points to people who don't know what that means? It's like your back-end payment. So, okay. like, if the movie sold and, like, you're a producer, you would be guaranteed a number of points. Like a percentage point, right? Yes. Okay. Of so, the profits. So what you're saying is instead you're asking for a gift or a favor. I think you're asking for financial support. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, you know, their parents pay for them to go to college. Your parents could pay for you to make your first movie. Yeah. Yeah. So so this does dovetail nicely in a wonderful transition. <laughs> My first tip on here is when you're starting to prep, right to where you have access to shooting. So... Jason knew, uh, like, Roxy, you just talked about this on another episode, if you guys heard it. You guys knew you had a house, Mm -hmm. and your short took place in two different bedrooms, correct? Right. And so you knew you had that, so you wrote with that in mind. Right. So right to what you have access with. Jason knew he had his dad's property, some Mm -hmm. property around town, right? A a pile of just trash and effects equipment garbage that looked post-apocalypse, so I'm like, well... Yeah, there, there you we go. go. Now we are in the future. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's talk about, because I think, Talay, you really nailed it. We're doing an artistic thing, so we're not doing a big thing with major investments. Permits are tough. So how do we feel about permits? And, and you didn't need any permits, well, no, right? We because shot on a private, private property. property. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you're on a private property, you don't need permits. It also depends on what your state is. Like shooting in Los Angeles is highly expensive, and I would not advise doing anything where you need a permit. That right. would be like if you had a big truck that needed parking on the street while you were shooting in an apartment. Like right. There are different levels of permits. Okay. Um, so I just advise, and which you likely won't have. If you have a truck, 
there's your budget. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I so, would definitely recommend just shooting small. And we're and and what we are talking about here is a crew, and we'll go over the crew a little bit more in detail, but. Of just a few friends, a very minimal amount of people. That's what permits are for. And also, when you go into like big businesses that have insurance and things like that, that they don't. I, I remember I wanted to go into a restaurant near my house to do this restaurant thing, and I said, just before you open, really quickly, it'll be nice and simple. And unfortunately, you know, they were worried about, you know, well, if we're not here and something happens. They don't want to deal with it, or they or they want nice big chunk of compensation in case something does go wrong. So, private property or people that you know to do favors is the best thing. I know there is a guy who I'm probably going to be working for who works in Michigan. All the films he does are in Michigan. He literally can get police. His name is Harley Wallen. He's a really cool guy. And you guys actually were on the red carpet for his latest thing okay. uh, that Jeff told after me Buzzle? about. Yeah, so remember we Jeff? guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we guys. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it was popcorn <laughs> talk. I'm, oh. I'm mm-hmm. not them. But well, anyway. Part of a team. And it's a, the big umbrella. So anyway, they uh, he is so entrenched in that community. Now he, the police know him. All the businesses want him to shoot there. And people said to him, so why don't you come to L.A.? And he goes, why? I mean, he got he gets the police station, the police car. I mean, mm. he can get anything he needs because he just stayed in his area and people got to know him. But that's so, a good point because Jason is from California. Right. So, um, you know, it's not in Los Angeles, but it's nearby. But I would say if you're in Michigan, if you're in a small town, use that as your base. Right. And if your dream is to get to Los Angeles... Start there yep. and get well, here. Look, that, that's also a good point of don't come to Los Angeles with nothing. Yeah. If you want, if your goal is to come and make movies and you have access to things where you can make a movie first and come out, it's always better to come out with something. If you have something to sell and show for yourself, that's always a better way. Because if you try to do that here, it's never going to happen. It's going to be like, oh, I want to do this one scene in a restaurant like you're talking about. That'll be $10,000 for a day. Right. I Also, some great advice that I got from uh, our creator, our founder, Kevin Undergaro, only deal with what is right so i want to go back for a second because you were in a situation where that's amazing that you could talk to your dad and that he could Mm -hmm. finance your first um short some people who are listening to this might not be in that similar situation so you work with what you have right Mm -hmm. so if what you have is your phone and your friends then that's what you base it off of. right if you have what you have is your location that's what you base it off of if you want to if you're able to work and make five thousand extra dollars that summer somehow because you're busting your butt bartending and that's what you make for your first short fine and that's what you have so only deal with what is i I hope this doesn't deter anybody at home who's thinking that they don't come from any kind of situation because you can make a movie uh, you can make a short no matter what situation you're in. Um, I was talking to CM Punk, really famous WWE superstar today, and he was telling us about how he came from nothing, and that doesn't bother him. A lot of people get sad hearing that, but all he said was, okay, so I knew I had to work for absolutely everything I ever got in my life. And that that was just that's just fact. Like yeah. I knew that I wasn't in that situation. Right, so not so, looking for pity. Or... Yeah, well, you just it's not even about that. It's just 
deal with what is. If your situation is you come from a family that would either is able to financially support you or or morally will because, you know, a lot of times people have parents that don't support their dreams, yeah. Yeah. even if they have the finances. My, my parents were those people. I had to trick them into doing it. And after I tricked them into doing it, <laughs> then I got their approval. <laughs> That's there amazing. And I also made 20 shorts in high school and my technical first feature film that no one's ever seen, like you're saying, with what is for nothing. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I just, that was my first thing. I was like, I got an idea. I, I spent three years making shorts and movies before I actually yeah, got to just get to that point. And you yeah. weighed out the option for yourself. Yeah. You thought, okay, can I should I take this class or do I make this short then? And that's exactly. the decision you made. So just deal with what is, be honest with yourself, and then you can move forward no matter what the situation is, as long as you're being truthful about what you have. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, along with that, you know, the places you know and the access you have, exactly. the people that you know. Uh, you guys really hammered me on Crust recently, and you just kept saying, only get the people who want to be there. Only get the people who truly want to be there. And uh, and that's why Roxy is in it, because she's so appreciative and excited and yeah. to be a part of something. I love she, the she read the script. She liked it. It's not like she hates the script and is like, okay, Sean, I'll do it for you. Well, that would be a weird vibe, and I wouldn't necessarily want that on set, as opposed to somebody who goes, I get it, I like it. And I'm really, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to be a part of it. Absolutely. That kind of enthusiasm goes a long way. The people that want to be there are always going to work harder than the people who don't. And usually, like, there's been so many scenarios I've been in where it's like, well, you can get the best person in the business that does X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, do they want to do it? Are they going to be bummed out and complain the whole time and just slow down the process? Right. And they're not going to give their best work if they don't want to be there. Right. So, like, even the best person, even if someone tries to, like, flirt with you and tell you, like, well, we've got this. Do they want right. to do it? Because if they, even if they, if they're the best and they don't want to do it, they're going to start looking like the worst pretty quick on one of these movies. Like, yeah, the mm-hmm. people who really want to be there and have something to prove and are excited always hire them. How do yeah. you identify that? I think because it's a it's a platform for everyone. So if you have a friend who like wants to be a DP, like Jason's brother shot his first film and his sister Sarah was the costume designer, they're both doing so, so well, but the FP provided them a platform because they weren't being seen. So it's not, that's the wonderful thing I think about filmmaking is it's not just for the director. It is for an entire team of people and it gives you exposure. Yeah. And so I think that's how you identify it, especially like, oh, I really want a camera operate and I have an A7S at home. It's like, great let's try it yeah yeah and and you get to be seen in whatever you, if your makeup is exceptional sarah's costumes for the fp were exceptional like she had to yeah, yeah she had to create this whole weird world and so that really brandon was great, got into the studio system yeah based so. on that as well i oh, got yeah, all brandon all of... showed the fp to rob zombie uh-huh. and that is how cool. i got into my rob zombie movies. Look, all of the creative heads from the fp have been hired by big people now like sarah got to be working on the you know, Dan McBride shows on HBO from the FP. Our uh, friend Tyler. Our friend Tyler, who's yeah. a production designer on the FP, he got hired by Bill Hader because Bill Hader liked the FP. Yeah. It's like yeah. on, on Barry. So it's like it, everyone has gotten something from this afterwards. Yeah. And then very simply, and this makes sense, and you guys brought this up, which I didn't even think of when I was kind of doing a talk, discussion with these guys yesterday. Write to, and, and explain this further because I might not be <laughs> saying it right, write to something that you know you can piece together and edit easily when it's done. What do you mean by that? Okay, well, there's a thing in post that you, I mean, I know it's like a lot of times people are like, oh, let's not think about post until we get there. There's one now, thing. Now, wait a minute, before people don't, post-production, post-production means after you're shooting and then you have to put all the elements together like editing, sound, things like that. Right. And while you're shooting, you have to store your footage. Yes, and you have to store your footage on a thing called a hard drive. 
Right. And now, you can't just have one hard drive because if something happens to that one hard drive, your entire movie goes away. So you probably want at least two to three hard drives. Two to just, three, four terabyte hard drives. Oh, well, it, 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 it all depends on what you're shooting on. If you're shooting on, like, an iPhone and the footage is super compressed or one of these uh, ProRes cameras, and by compressed, I mean it's just a smaller file size. Um, if you do that, you can get away with doing like you know a four terabyte hard drive or something for your whole movie. If and a lot of people they struggle because of like oh my buddy's got a Red or an Alexa, it's like how much money do you have because your hard drives are going to cost so much because the footage is not compressed, and you're looking at like a minute of footage is you know ten twenty gigabytes. So Red like, and Alexa being the cameras that, yes, that friends have. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So if you have that, all of a sudden it's like you're looking at oh god I'm going to shoot like I don't know, let's say you shoot ten hours for your movie or five to ten hours of footage, you're looking at like thousands of dollars of hard drives versus if you shoot on a smaller camera it's a couple hundred bucks and your movie's stored safely right. and everything's fine right and and something that you can edit and piece together that makes sense yep. so you're shooting in a way that you know you knew you were shooting around the fp so you had the the whole feel of the place and what you wanted to do so it chops together well you got to know your night shoots your day shoots things like that don't all of a sudden throw in a major you know uh, don't put in anything in your movie that you don't think you Look, can edit in easily. If night, you're night, have night shoots a... are terrible. I suggest uh, avoid them on your first mm-hmm. movie, if at all possible. Yeah. And if you want to shoot at night, do splits, which means if you're going to shoot 12 hours, start at noon and go to midnight. Because the second you do nights with your crew on a small movie, you're uh, just everybody's dead. It's too tiring. It's too tiring. Yeah. But it then also you tiring. have to afford these things called lights because there's no light at night. <laughs> and that's it's going to be a whole thing. That makes it harder. So <laughs> just keep it easy. All we're yeah. saying, guys, is just keep it easy for yourself. Easy cameras, people who want to be there, easy locations. So uh, let's talk about the people and the equipment that they bring. The first thing in general, expand on the community. Doug brought that up in our you know, find the, your creative community. Now it's your shooting community. It's the pe- the camera person, the s- uh, sound person, and a lot of these people might have their own stuff. So your director of photography, the guy who's going to be physically shooting the camera, might have lights, might have a decent camera, might have uh, a camera that's going to have easily compressed and hard drives. So you want to look with people for that and and again pick people who want to say oh this would be great for my reel as a director this would be great for my sound as a director what are you doing in what order are you finding your actors first making sure that they you find dates that they can do and then figuring out who can work set from there or are you finding your director first and then making sure that they have their crew they're comfortable with on dates and then plugging in actors from there What's the order? I mean, there's a lot of variables here. Um, yeah. I guess it depends on what you do. Me, personally, since I'm a director, I'm not looking for a director. So if any of anyone's out there that's a director, they're probably going to hire themselves. Right. Yeah. But um, I usually, I like to write my scripts for at least the core, like the main roles. I like to write them for people that I know, like in right. my circuit of actors that I work with or people I know. Or it's like Sean will be like, hey, I've got this student who's really great. You should, you know, check him out or something. Okay, right. cool. I like to write those main things for people I know that exist, not like, God, I hope I find this person auditioning. Right. You can do that when you go down the road and you get a lot of money and time and all these things, but I think in your first movie, write it to somebody you know, at least your like, lead or two. Because yeah. Because these people are going to have to go through hell with you and like 
You need to know that. And so. that's kind of the premise that I'm following for the, just this thing is that you have your idea, you have your friends who want to act in it, now we're trying to build a it community. Should, it should really be the slightly more professional version of when you're in high school and you just grab a camera with your buddies and you make something. Right. You're just doing that to the slightly more professional level. Right. But I think it's good to like get your actors if you have people in mind, but my most important position is our DP because without that person, I can't shoot a film. Right. So I like to find out that is the person I will move hell and high water for. Right. Um, and then most actors are super accommodating because they are the the vision. So right. they will likely fit in with you, especially for in Los Angeles, as you know, right. there's a lot of downtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, uh, there is. So for me, it's crew. I like to make sure our key crew positions are filled. Um, and I, but I will have already sussed out our actors who we like yeah Great. so that's uh and dp just remember guys as director of photography the cameraman so that's taken care of there we uh, i said on here do not have a crazy big camera and all that stuff and mm-hmm. addressing the high, uh, hard drive if you want to do it yourself and very simply jason's had a great advice yesterday buy a tripod yeah. By two. Oh, there's several times in my movies where I have literally, because I'm in them as well, I hit the record button, I run into the scene, yeah, yeah, do yeah. it, run out, press cut. Yeah. Well, Sometimes you also, have to do that. And there's really good sound equipment now as well that's not really that expensive that just plugs into the camera. So you just have a lav mic. So when you hit record, it does everything for you. So if it's just a little scene with dialogue, it's very, very effective. You talked about yesterday not possibly eliminating a sound person. What was your idea? Was that what your idea was? Yeah. That is the idea. And I would say... And a lav mic, guys, is little. it's a little mic that you clip onto your shirt. Or you right. can also tape it yeah. um, mm-hmm. under... I would suggest, even if it's a buddy who doesn't necess- isn't necessarily a sound guy, but if you just have somebody in your first movie mm-hmm. to deal with sound, because you're going to be dealing with so many other things, sound is, the, is a funny business to where it's like, you want to make sure you have another set of eyes looking at that, because... If you don't, when you get to the editing process and like, oh, all the sound's bad, then you have to ADR it, which means basically you have to dub it, which you bring the actors in, you have to re-record them mm-hmm. over the lines, and it can be really hard sometimes. So you I want to make your, sure your that's taken have care somebody, of. even if they're not like a professional sound person, that's at least running that and looking at it. And hearing it just hearing to make it. sure it yeah. sounds good. A lot of DPs also know like basic sound. Yeah. yeah. Or just, yeah, if your DP just has like some headphones on, they're plugged mm-hmm. into the camera, and he's like, okay, cool, I heard it. Yeah, sounds great. great. Just have somebody listening to it. That's my because I've done it a couple times where I'm like, ah, it's going to be fine. It's great. Just press that button. Yeah, that didn't record, and we moved on. Right. Great. Then the other important person that you definitely need is your producer slash AD, which is probably going to be the same person on a small person. This is just the person who's going to coordinate, organize. This is kind of Talay's specialty that she does, um, and and they get the helpers and the assistants. They uh, should help actors, you were saying yesterday, in terms of scheduling. Talk about scheduling. Like, let's say you, you, you want to say, this is when my DP's available. And you were saying, don't be silly. Schedule your actors in a common sense way. Can you expand on what that meant? Yeah, so, I mean, don't shoot in sequence. If, you know, you have an actor there for 10 pages and your script is 30, you schedule it around your, your characters. So you want to get someone, it's called shot out. So right. basically, we want to bring an actor in for the quickest time possible and get all of their scenes done. It will save you money as well. The last thing you want is a three-week shoot with an actress. You know, you pay them, I believe, if you're paying them, you pay them for the days they are there. Right. Also, if they're doing you a favor, let yeah. them go and be with their family or yeah. go on a date. 
Yeah, Again, yeah. If, if you're shooting all of this in one location or everything's way around, like on the FP movies, for instance, a lot of actors, like people will be like, God, how long were they in it? And it's like two days. Mm-hmm. Because right. literally we would shoot every scene of theirs in the movie, just roll, like run around the property to different locations and different spots, shoot them out for the entire movie, which can be a little complex, but it saves you money, it saves time. And if people are doing you favors, I'd rather be a pain in the ass to somebody for a weekend. As yeah. Just like, can you come up here for like 20 different days and like work right. for half an hour? And Right. Yeah. Can you describe what you meant by you believe if they're there for a day, you pay them? What did, as opposed to what? Um, like if you have a budget and an actor is, is there with their time, I always put room in my, that's my other job is if I have money working out a budget. Um, so if they're there, I like to pay them. If right, we right. have room, which like, you won't in your first, but that's yeah. time. Time is money, and I mean, there are so many reports now that time is our most valuable resource. Right. So right. if they're there, I like to pay our actors. Yeah. Also, like referring because the the juxtaposition of this is like when you're on the giant movies, like the hundred million dollar superhero movies and things. I've had friends who've been on those, and like they're literally they they get shot probably four or five days in the entire movie. But they're there in their trailer for four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. they're just getting, That's they, what they get paid like a blanket yeah. fee and they just sit there in their trailer yeah. and just like, am I going to work this so week? A, so you mean movie. if they're there if they're physically, there, you get not paid. if they're on set. Yes, or you, on call. Because yeah. they can oh. also be back at their apartment on a big movie. And it, like we're yeah. saying, if you're physically there, you get paid. I never have someone on call usually. Also, yeah. just yeah. because of where we shoot, we usually shoot out of LA, and if someone's on call, it's going to take them like at least an hour, maybe four, with traffic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, then the other thing that you need is just people to help you. That that helps the organizer, the producer, or assistant director. And the most important thing we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, there's a study out that said if you give someone a raise in their office, they will appreciate it for three months. But if you give a lifestyle and culture that's friendly and and positive. And that's why Google has all the really cool. They were the first to kind of do the really cool campus and the fun stuff. So one thing that people really, really want is food and water. Coffee. Coffee. Water and coffee. coffee. Yeah, food, water, and coffee. Just make sure people are fed. And it doesn't have to be amazing catering. You know, I don't. I think if you say uh, we could get Subway or this is really cool you know, subway, sub place that's in town that makes better ones for a couple extra dollars, you go, oh, we're going to treat you to that really cool sub place and get some really cool sandwiches and you can do everything that you normally would because it's such a small group. You can ask if they have dietary restrictions or anything like that. And just take care of them in the most basic way and man that goes a long way. And a lot of it is grab and go because if you have so much to shoot like on a you know non-union it's after six hours you have to have a 30 minute break but if this is with friends you know a lot of it is grab and go. In my experience people would rather just get it done than you know sit down to like a nice meal. Oh, so right, things like protein time. bars, bananas, like anything I can put in a cooler as well and transport easily. And with like us. nice sandwiches too, because yeah. you can walk and eat while you're. Yeah. 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 You don't want to do like a full sit down. Sitting down with the fork and the knives and the plates yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. And then like, where are you sitting? Because you haven't set up tables because you didn't even think of that because you're trying to get your sh- shot done. And right. Yada, right. Yada, yada, yeah. No. And, and that's the other thing. And, and then I believe just water. Water and coffee, mm-hmm. man. That and on our last shoot, like our uh, special effects makeup artist had huge dietary restrictions. So I just gave her a budget and was like, "You just take care of yourself." 
Right. And that worked out really well. Hmm. Right. Yeah, we right. just gave her money for groceries and we're like, get whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. So these, and that's the other thing about these people, they should want a reason. You know, it's always good for to have a why, because as Jason said, if you cajole somebody or force them to be there, then they're not going to run around. And when they say, oh, shoot, we got the wrong sandwich for that woman who's got the dietary thing, that would be like, great, I'll jump jump in the car and drive down there, you know, and take care of that. How did you guys take care of each other on your little short that you did at the house? I mean, it was just friends, Yeah, but it was great. Um, The person's mom, whose house we were using, said, I would love, I'd be honored to cook everybody lunch, which was really adorable. And she made this, like, (laughs) she made this, like, really great um, stew soup thing, and we kind (laughs) of all took it in cups and drank it while we went. Uh, Yeah, grab and go. Which was great. And um, there were power bars on set two and cookies and so that was and coffee yeah yeah again sugar and coffee go a long yeah. way <laughs> it was so nice because it was delicious and it was nutritious and so you don't feel like you're crashing afterwards yeah. while you're on right. set and uh, she offered to do it and that was like what she wanted to contribute so it was free which is yeah great. yeah it's not you and you don't have to spend a lot of money guys you can go to again subway or costco and well get on our one i mean stuff. i i like that you said that when I'm producing on a really low independent, I view myself as kind of like the mom of the set because it is my job to make sure everybody is safe. And on our first, the first FP we did together, we literally got a slow cooker and a sandwich toaster. And just the fact people could toast a sandwich. Wow. They're so excited, I'm sure. So excited. Yeah, well, you, had yeah. this whole, you had this whole build your own sandwich set up. It's like the different breads. There's gluten-free, regular bread, yeah, different yeah. meats, like all the mm-hmm. condiments and options and a whole like lineup. And It's thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's thoughtful. And, and that's kind of why I love doing it because... I mean, you, no one's going to be doing one thing right. on the set. Yeah, you that, know, that's, that's another just... thing. When you're making this little movie, it's like you and you know your five crew members. You need to have people that can also are. They don't necessarily need to be a specialist in all these different fields, but have people that can entertain the idea at least that they want to be able to do five jobs at once because you're going to have yeah. to. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a hustle, guys. Yeah. It's a it's a hustle. It's a grind. You're you're doing something for free and out of passion. You know, this is just like putting on our sketch show. The, I get paid for teaching the class. I don't get paid for the rehearsals or any yeah. of that kind of stuff, but I don't want to put on a crappy show. Yeah. Yeah. So that I got my name on as a director. And so, you know, I do all that stuff for free. And that's, but you do that stuff. Even Daria and I were talking about that yesterday at this level. And, and, and even as you are successful, you do a lot of things for free in this business and this is just another way to get exposure and more importantly you know i feel so strongly about this is your networking with meeting new people and getting new opportunities and you said you're a little short all these people that yeah. launch their careers yeah and like uh it's funny you mentioned like the amount of jobs we have to do i'm like the amount of times that like i've been still in costume with blood on me or whatever haven't even gotten to makeup and have to drive to the grocery store to then make sure we have <laughs> enough water and snacks and things for the next day and you're just walking down the aisle pushing that cart and you just look like a maniac <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't matter. It's two in the morning. But, but like, like yeah. if we look at the timeline of um, FP short to FP1 to FP2, I mean, there was a big gap between FP1 yeah. and 2. Yeah. Right. Um, Timeline-wise or finances or gap? Time, Timeline-wise. Um, timeline. like, I guess yeah. it was like, what, seven or eight years between 1 and 2? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, I made four movies in between. Yeah. yeah. And Jason so. just said, I really want to do FP2, but I don't know who's kind of yeah. out there. Yeah. And that's when we started tapping in. And we're like, oh, my God, this movie has... A, a nice, larger cult fan. following than we yeah. even thought. Mm-hmm. Where did you guys put it, the movie? Uh, the first one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, uh, we got it into South by Southwest Fantastic Fest when, back when Fantastic Fest was linked with South by Southwest. And Fantastic Fest is like this really big genre. Huge. It's the biggest <laughs> genre of festival in North America. 
And then through that, uh, Alamo Drafthouse, they started the Alamo Drafthouse films, and we were their first big release that they did with that yeah. and because they got out of their festival and all that. So then they they released it like it was a big movie, like it came out in theaters, it came but out... But how? How did you guys do that? You emailed? We, we knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that got it to South by Southwest. Wow. But that's a, yeah. that's a like whole a, other... But it also took... It was like yeah, three or four... Different podcasts. I'm just yep, curious. Yeah. Yeah. It, was like, it was three or four years in post of it just sitting there and then finally somebody saw it was like, I know a guy. So yeah, just sat yeah, there yeah. for that Like long. you are signing away that film. Like yeah. that's right. no longer, you know, Jason's property. So with the second one, we decided to do it ourselves. Right. So we so self-distributed and we all, it's on like Amazon. And this is a whole Prime. other podcast, but then you learn when you do all these movies and you go around the world to all these film festivals and you distribute movies with all these different distributors. You learn how to do it yourself and that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll, but we'll don't talk do, about that. Yeah. Don't do that in your first one unless you have to because you yeah. need to learn certain things. But there things. are so many streaming services that you can put your own movie on. Yeah. That's what I would recommend. It's a mitt to festivals. Yeah. Because if you can get someone to support your short, Guys, they're you going to support put, your you in the opposite your... order of that, correct? Because <laughs> you can't submit to festivals once you have put it on a distribution platform. True. That's right. correct, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, then other quick tips. Uh, we talked a little bit about insurance. Uh, we talked about everybody doing one more job. And then just a very strange tip, but Talay, <laughs> tell us about the, the really quickly the not sending a uh, call, call sheet? sheet. There's a risk in non-union jobs where if you send a call sheet, if somebody is a member of a union, that they can then submit that to their union. And depending on your project, a union can come out after you and your project. So I just advise sending an email with really clear instructions, a link to how you get somewhere, a map inserted. Um, and that is how I would advise for a small film to do yeah, a call so sheet. So you don't have any. And I've also weird worked with bigger tape. production companies, um, non-union, who refuse to send out call sheets for that exact reason. Wow. And somebody can't submit this to their union. Their That's e- correct because it's not an official call sheet. Wow! Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great yeah. tip? It's fascinating. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So. You Otherwise, know, you can have is... that angry grip that's union. He's like, I'm going to flip this thing right now. And all these kids are like, well, we're doing it because we're yeah. He's like, I need my hours. I mean, your friends and family are very unlikely to be part of a yeah, union of at that point. That's just like a tip. But it's a good tip. But just if you case. run into different circles. So we've been talking a lot about the FP. And so that is my story from the set. <laughs> is my, I just really want to tell the story of my first time there. Um, Jason and I had met on this movie. He said, oh, there may be a part for you. Uh, You've thrown around a couple other idea, a couple yeah. ideas, and then you how said, "How do you feel about being a dress?" Yeah, and, you, and then you said, "How do you feel about being a dress?" I said, "It'll be great," and it's kind <laughs> of a surprise. The surprise is that you hear this guy in a trailer, and he sounds like the beer drinking, uh, wife beater T shirt, yelling at his daughter the whole movie. Uh, and Jason's character finally says, "Enough! I don't want to. I don't want to hear her being abused by her mean, fa- drunk father anymore." She goes over there, and I emerge. And the great thing was, they said, and you're you know, the father, or you're. I'm going to be the father, but I'm in drag, right? But when I went to do drag, there you go. <laughs> there <laughs> when, it is. When when you uh, when I got to the set, Sarah, I thought, okay, I got to get my dress or whatever it is, and Sarah just handed me little panties, a little bra, and a little negligee jacket, and I thought. All right, I'll do it. And I threw it on there. They gave me crazy makeup. And the only thing I wanted to say was, can I have my left breast exposed? And they said, sure, why not? So, uh, you know, I actually came back in FP2, 
And when I came on that set, I actually did have a dress, but my breast was exposed. But this was all now fan-based and fan-funded. So when I walked onto that set, the fans went nuts. They were so crazed that my character so the fans was were back. there? Yeah, because yeah. they're they're helping the indie. That's another. That's that's that was a, that's yeah. a, whole, that was other a podcast. whole other <laughs> podcast about that. But but that was just an amazing experience. And Jason let me completely improvise stuff and mm-hmm. uh, gave me complete... Com- uh, freedom and I thought, wow, these guys are great. I want to work with them a, a lot. And and you are. And we are. And we've remained friends. And you've, you know. been, you've been in every single one of my movies except one. Yeah, which one was that? How, How to, to Save, How to save Us. In we shot that's right, because it was shot in Australia. Yeah, yeah that's right. And we couldn't afford it. But yeah, I've there. always been in every single one and I love doing them because they're always fun. And, and Jason said, actually, on his last movies, people said, you know, uh, FB2, how many how many times did you have people improvise and you said none except mm-hmm. Sean Whalen? Just Sean. <laughs> that, that hour, that, that half an hour to yeah. hour that we shot with Sean was yeah, it. Yeah, it was great. And I'll tell you what, I felt more insecure driving up to shoot that than, and Sheena, my girlfriend, was like, why are you so nervous? I go, I just don't want to suck in the movies because I love the FP so much. I don't want to suck in the FP too. She's like, these are your friends, dude. And I said, I know, but there was a, uh, there was almost like more of a pressure. Yeah, but you, know you don't I mean? suck, so you wouldn't yeah. suck. No, I know, but you just want to kill it. You know what yeah. I mean? You Especially just you had like it. the 20 fan onlookers. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's, exactly. What's You're he going to say? Right. What's he going to say? Yeah, the fans were there like staring at you, but <laughs> luckily I had fun and it worked out really well. And it was really great. So, I mean, that's... that's well, we surprised them with that, too. Yeah, yeah no, it was mm-hmm. a total surprise. So, in general, this is kind of the nuts and bolts about how you get started, expanding... The main thing, expanding on the idea of community and great attitudes and passion for the project. And these are the nuts and bolts on how you, you know, break it down. And if you guys have any questions about this, as always, rate, comment, subscribe, ask us a question, and we can deal with it. This is just the beginning of the creation your own content guys I'm going to do with this with plays sketch shows we're going to go through how to make the whole movie and crowdfunding, uh, crowdfunding mm-hmm. the whole thing so this is just the beginning but this is the new way so where can we find you Roxy everywhere at Roxy Stryer how can we find you guys on social media is there a well I'm at the JTRO on Twitter at the JTRO on I'm Twitter like, I think I'm Jason W. Trost on Instagram there but you go. Uh, Jason Trost on uh Facebook fan page is where I'm most active. Yep, Mr. Fantabulous. Is he there? Yeah, I am here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking. Uh, you guys, as, as you should do on a set, right? Um, you guys can find me at Jeffrey C. Graham. Yes, and I am N. Talay. Oh, I go through the FP. Okay, mm-hmm. at that guy SMW, and uh, you can join me on Facebook at Sean Whalen Peeps. And as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.